to another episode of the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. And this is obviously the See You Next Tuesday podcast. I was literally about to repeat that. I mean, you know, after the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope that you enjoyed our, um, like, two-parter there. I, I didn't go into that expecting it to be a two-parter. I mean, I mean, honestly, there was so much to cover, but I'm glad you did. I'm glad you went, like, really in-depth with it because, to be honest, like, that's where I geek out as a true crime fan. Like, I like to know that, like, little, like, minutia shit where I'm like, oh, and then what happened? But who's saying that, right? Girl, I cut a lot of stuff out. You cut shit out? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, my... First page, because you know we share Google Notes, mm-hmm. and you saw I had two separate docs. Yes, I remember you saying like, "Why did you have two docs?" Yeah. Um, my first doc where I kept all my notes and my transcripts of the document, the documentaries, and the trial was. This one. Oh, so you were watching shit and taking notes. Uh-huh, Got uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. And then you made like a final one. I took those notes and made a final one. Um, 26 pages. Oh, shit, girl. You were good in school, weren't you? <laughs> Just gonna say. No, because they didn't let me do this. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I do find myself like being a little more stoked about taking notes on things I'm interested in than like, oh god, I don't care that the, you know, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I don't give a shit. And yet here I am, still knowing that information for no fucking reason. Well, no, I am not a geneticist or a fucking. I don't biologist. even know what you just said. So, yeah, like I'm I like geneticist. You know how you can do your screen and have, like, one thing over here and the other thing over here? Yeah, yeah. I had my my trial going on on the right and my Google Doc on the left, and here I am. I'm, like, typing up what they were saying, typing, 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 and then I was like, oh, shit, wait, what did they say? Pause, type, 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 back up a little bit. Oh, okay, type, type. I mean. <laughs> Girl, you were in. Honestly, I really appreciate the hard work that you did. That was a fucking insane amount of work that you did. You know. I don't know how you have time to do anything else. I'm not going to lie. I might have done a little bit of that at my job that pays me. (laughs) You know? Okay, I had my phone. And I listened to my podcasts on earbuds at work. Right. Or one earbud, because i got to hear other stuff, too. And um, I had a notepad. (laughs) And so I'd be listening, and I'd have my actual work on my desk. And then um, when my boss would be at lunch or other people weren't paying attention to me, I'd have my notepad. And then I would turn 
court TV on on my phone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. I'd have my notepad and take handwritten notes. So on top of those 26 pages, I had like eight pages of handwritten notes. Oh, fuck, girl. <laughs> that is more work than I put into like college shit. That's more work than I put into the job that pays me. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Should you want to cut this out? No. <laughs> I love you. Okay, so get let me let me give you an update on my life. Ready? Mm-hmm. Backstreet Boys are back, and so it's ninety degrees, and so it's fucking in sync. And we all know, if you don't know, now you fucking know that the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC are getting together as a super motherfucking group. They've already started learning each other's fucking dances. I swear to God, I saw it on TikTok. Holy shit, girl. They're going to be touring in 2022. Uh, 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 oh. No. The right stuff. No. They've I already gotten back together. Your people have already gotten back together. It's my turn now. My generation. Not your zenial ass. I said it. I said it. No. And now I'm going to get my own episode because I'm going to kill her. <laughs> Hurt <are> you. <laughs> you just, why do you want to be Gen X so bad? What do they have that's just so appealing to you? That's just what I am. That's just what I am. That's what I've been. And you tried to rename me like six weeks ago and I'm not <laughs> accepting it. You can take it back. Shit. I didn't do shit. I'm stating facts that are online. Oh, because everything on the Google machine is true? Is Backstreet and NSYNC coming back? And are they calling themselves Sing Street or Backsync? Uh, yes, they are. Holy fuck. Those are the two stupidest names I've ever heard in my life. I don't disagree, but I am fucking beyond stoked and I need to find tickets. <laughs> I need to find tickets. Um, I'm sorry I'm busy that day. I don't know who you are. I, I don't understand. How could you not want to see that shit? Because... I don't know who they are. What? Yes, you do. I mean, Justin. I know who Alone. they I know who they are, but if somebody said you have to name a in sync song or I'm going to throw you in this pool, this swamp of crocodiles in Florida, I would be swimming with the crocodiles. <laughs> okay, you know bye bye bye. Right? You know bye bye bye. Well, I've heard it, but I don't know who sings it. Oh, honey. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Even though I know New Kids on the Block. What? How's that? I'm just saying. I know your gens, your generations, like, fucking boy bands and shit. Like, no mine. I'm just saying because <laughs> they were cool. Ah, uh, hilarious. Like, they were cool. I mean. To me. A lot of people. Uh, to you. Oh, my God, girl. They weren't playing them when I was at the clubs drinking. Let's just put it that way. What was playing? Because I love this conversation. I love finding out what you were listening to when you were drinking at the clubs. You know, like, I fucking love knowing what that okay. was for people. First of all, you expect me to remember. Well, there's that. A. Yeah. And B, every single time. They played when it was the they were closing down. It's closing time. Oh God, they still do that. 
They still do that shit. And it's like, y'all. You know, it's been like 22 years since I closed down a bar, so I wouldn't know that. Yeah, they do. They do. Now, granted, again, I'm with you on this. COVID, I haven't closed down a bar in a minute. In a minute. I mean, but it hasn't been 22 years because 22 years ago you were like eight. I was like not born. (laughs) That's the, that's what we're going to go with. Wait. I mean, (laughs) when I say 22 years, I mean in like. In dog years. So really like I was like seven years old. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay. You want to, you want to know mine is Keisha. I know TikTok. Yeah. I know yeah. what that is. Yeah, girl. Yeah. So, so you know, okay. Okay. You know fucking Keisha, but you don't know fucking NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? What? Okay, first of all, ready to be real sad. I saw her on Victorious because my kids would watch that show and she was on there. What's Victorious? <sighs> See, okay. Exactly. This is, this is where I bow out. This is where I'm like, what? <laughs> Exactly. She was on a show? It was like a kid's show. Like, um... Help us, Gen Z. Help us. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. What well, was she good? Was she a good actress? Oh, no. She just sang. Oh, okay. So, so here's the thing. She was like the guest star. Okay, so Victorious, they were these high school kids, which I'm pretty sure they were not high school age when they were on the show. Nobody is. Oh, oh, Ariana Grande was on that show. Okay, 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 okay. It was the show Ariana Grande was on. I've heard of Before she was Ariana Grande. Got it, got it. Oh, uh, yes, I knew all about Ariana Grande before she was Ariana Grande. Oh, you're going to hipster my ass? You're going to be like, I knew her before she was Ariana Grande. Okay, those fucking hipsters did not know Victorious because they were in diapers. I will say this, though. For all you motherfucking Drake fans out there, and I'm sure you know this, uh, are you going to bring up Wheelchair Drake on Degrassi? Degrassi? Motherfucker is on Degrassi and he's Canadian. So this whole like tough guy, like, uh, I'm all like fucking, you know, like with the fucking, you know, crew and shit. I'm super cool. Like, motherfucker, you Canadian and an actor. Like, not saying that, you know, like, Will Smith did the same thing. I'm not saying that. It's just like. This whole, like, tough guy vibe he has. Except he's way better than Will Smith. What did you just say to my face? Summertime, really. Are you fucking, uh, fucking welcome to Miami, bitch? Are you fucking kidding me? Summertime. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <gasps> I, I can't, I can't right now. We're not gonna have this conversation. I oh. will say, yeah. That Will Smith was a little more gimmicky, yes. But don't get me wrong. I loved him on The Fresh Prince. I, I love him on, like, everything he does. Scientology. Um, He's not. It was a rumor. And I know that from Leah Remini. Highly recommend her podcast. Please listen to it. Please listen to it. I'm the one that told you about it, bitch. You are the one that told me about it. Scientology, The Aftermath. Please listen. Please support. Please watch the documentaries. Trust me, you need to. It's yeah. it's something that needs to 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 come down. Yes, one hundred percent. But no, that was totally a rumor. That was like a, a yeah, no, that did not happen. Thank God, because I was concerned too. Trust me. You want to hear something funny? Yes. Speaking of music and Drake and Will Smith, because we're going like down that like sure hip hop fish route. Yeah, rabbit hole. Let's go. So, and we already talked about you know my job, whatever. 
You know that one really stupid young coworker I have that's yes. dumber than a box of rocks? Yes. So, one day, she says that, I think we were talking about, like, we were going to listen to some music in the office and how um, we don't do it because there's so many people and it's hard to pick something everyone listens to. Sure. Right. And I get it. Yeah. And so somebody asked her what she listens to. Oh, God. (laughs) Toby Keith. No, 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 no. Eric Church. She says she listens to rap. But. Okay. She's like, you know. And, okay. First of all, don't come at me because I love this. You love this person. And I, in turn, now love this person. But I would not put them in this category. Okay. She says. You know, like Lizzo. Okay, no, 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 she's not rap. No. Rihanna is not rap. No. No, no, no. I'm like... Incorrect. I'm like... I love her too. Agreed. However, not rap. Missy Elliott. Megan Thee Stallion. I'm like, so... Fucking anybody else. I'm like... Literally anyone else. So she says that, I'm like... Oh, honey. I'm like, oh, honey... Are you like, so this was pre-WAP, but so every, so every time that I'm like driving and WAP comes on, I'm like, I wonder what the look on her face would be Mm. if she heard this song. (laughs) She's like, what is this? What's happening right now? Because I'm pretty sure she's never heard it. If she thinks Lizzo is rap, probably not. What did, what does she think about thought shit by Megan? I I wouldn't know because I literally don't speak to her unless I have to. I don't disagree with you in this decision that you've made. <laughs> what in the hell, girl? I mean, the stories I could tell. The stories I could tell. That'd be a whole other podcast. <laughs> I mean, I could start one. I think you should actually. I think it should be called like something like work shit with Amanda. Or, you know what I mean? Like, a day in the life of Amanda. And then just, like, it's just bullshit that happens at work. Fuck yeah. I have a whole list of stuff I could talk about. Like, she stole a dog. I remember this story. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to have to get into this on another part. But I just, I think it's fascinating. I can't remember if I told you about that. Yeah, I remember you telling me. I was like, what in the hell is happening right now? But the point is, TikTok has changed my life. <laughs> Lizzo is not rap. Lizzo is not rap. But we love her anyway. We love her. And I'm reconnecting with my elder emo senior citizens. So, holla. Shout out to all of you out there. We do exist. We're still here, baby. We're just older and kind of wiser. And then we still do stupid, like, fucking poses thinking so, my space is going to come back. Backstink is emo? No. It's pop. I know, but you just said emo. And then no, I'm just not that. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sink or street. It was a. It was Dude. like a crate. How did I get from here to there? Here's how I got from here to there. TikTok has a vibrant emo community that has been like stirred up by the Gen Zs. They're bringing it back. They're bringing back low rise jeans. Mm, not a fan. Feathers in your hair. Indifferent. Don't really care either way. Um, I mean, yeah, those are back. With the right outfit, the feathers. Yeah, it could, it could work, right? Yeah. Um, 
And then they're also like, oh my god, the emo the emo look with like the swooped hair that's like black with like a fashion mullet and shit is coming back. And I'm like, uh, don't appropriate my culture, bitch. But then the more I got into emo TikTok, the more I found more millennials like myself who were like, honey. Did you find a whole bunch of new friends? I did. And also I'm like, hunty. You wouldn't survive being a millennial, like a real emo kid. And here's why. Mosh pits. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Yeah. No. I mean, we got them from y'all. Yeah. Straight up. I am not going to pretend like we invented it because we didn't. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Exactly. Let me tell you something about some fucking mosh piss, motherfucker. People come out of their bloody, bruised, broken, bl- uh, like, right? All I the time. A concert. Did you? Yeah. But that was a fucking badass concert. Mm-hmm. You go Metallica? No. Okay. But still, like, like mosh pits, like, you, like, okay, there was a pit, and everyone's around the pit. And then you like kind of hyped yourself up and then you jumped in and you start throwing bows and shit, throwing bows. And then you're in it, right? You're doing your thing. And sometimes you get an assist. Now, granted, this is where the mosh pits differ from what y'all had. Okay. Mosh pits can go one of two ways, right? It's either like a metal kind of y'all's generation mosh pit where it's literally just everyone just going fucking ham inside the pit. Mm -hmm. Or there's a scene pit. Which would happen is similar situation, throwing bows, doing dance moves, and then you would get an assist from another member inside the pit if y'all are doing some badass moves and you're like, hey bro, hey bro, and all of a sudden things are happening, right? But point is, you got hit in the face. There was no safe space. There's no like, ah, my feelings. None of that shit happened. You, you weren't offended by anything. You couldn't be offended. Couldn't be offended. There's no trigger warning. It's fucking happening. Elbow in the face. And then you go home and you live your fucking life, right? And then you're like, yeah, I got it in the pit. Whatever. Moving on. I feel like I just need a t-shirt that says trigger warning. Shit pothole. I need a t-shirt that says shit pothole because I am a giant shit pothole. We got to Okay, I was thinking about this the other day. We need to abbreviate it. SP. And here's what I want to call her an SP. Because in Scientology... Suppressed person. They're called a suppressive person. So I want to take it back. I want to take it away from y'all. Scientologist motherfuckers. And I want to be like, SP coming up, bitch. Because, no. A suppressive person, in other words, a person living their, their life, their genuine life authentically, is considered suppressive. Get fucked. So therefore, that's what I think we should do. What do you think? As long as they can have a t-shirt. Of course you can have a fucking t-shirt. Let's make, I'll make a t-shirt now. I'll puff paint a t-shirt for you. You have puff paint? Do you remember the spin? The, the spin? spinner? Yeah. Yeah. The spin you paint? You used to can make a spin paint t-shirt at Michael's. Fuck. God. Can you still do that? I don't think so. We, this is something we need, that will bring back. Yes. And puff paint shirts. Yes. Oh, I need a shit ton of puff paint shirts. I did the iron-on tee, especially during my emo phase. Again, see what I'm saying? Like, this was a big phase for me. This was 2004 I'm to, like, you a, 8, 9, 10. I'm making you a backdoor sink shirt. Okay, that sounded like... That's not what I thought. <laughs> Um, you mean a back sink 
sink straight because <laughs> um anyway <laughs> yeah go ahead and make that shirt girl I'm gonna let you wear it first you go you gonna go in the target oh. with your fucking backdoor sink shirt <laughs> Full-on meltdown happening right now. Oh, God dang it, y'all. Oh, Lord, it's been a week. It's been a fucking week, man. Sometimes you just need to laugh. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. <clears throat> I'm hashtagging that. <laughs> Please do. We are not drunk or high right now. Like, legit. It's just... Oh, God dang it. No, I'm just that fucking funny. You are that funny, dude. Shit. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay, I guess we gotta talk about murder, huh? Oh. Or back doors. Or back to take your pictures. <laughs> Hopefully... Hopefully one of those things is happening, but not at the same time. Just, just, anyway, moving on, moving on. So, <laughs> oh God, how do we rail, how do we like rail it back? Like, I feel like we need like a referee or somebody who's going to be like, now, okay, let's just talk about what we need to talk about. There's Velma. There's Velma. And the pod daughter's oh. next door. I'm sorry, pod daughter, we're keeping y'all awake. Oh, oh. Girl, you think she's asleep? Oh, I wouldn't be if I were her. Like, I was late. I would always stay up fucking late. I'd be up at, like, 3 a.m. and be, like, doing nothing. Like, watching TV or some shit. You know what I mean? Now it's TikTok. She not asleep. <laughs> I don't oh even know if she's in there. That's so oh, funny. yeah, she can. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right. Let's, let's get Murder. into this. Murder. 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 So, again, just a little preface. We do family crimes here. So, right now we're on Mom's. And ideally, the person that, excuse me, we do, and fortunately has committed a crime against their own family and or somebody else ancillary to their family, which in my case, that's what's going on here. I could not fucking decide what person to do. You know the struggle I The I've struggle's had. real. I've been there. I was like, if I have to read another one of these fucking stories about this person, I just could I was like, whatever. So... I finally just kind of did, like, one of those, like, flip and then touch a point on a map where you're like, this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Went to Murderpedia. Thank you, Murderpedia. Wiki. The Indianapolis Monthly article by Sam Stahl. Phenomenal, by the way. Phenomenal. Um, and another website, which I want to talk about, but basically found her from Murderpedia. Um, and so... The the murderer that I'm going into is the torture mother, Gertrude Benazuski. Is that is that are we good with this? Benazuski? Sure. Alright, we're gonna go. If you say it with confidence, ain't nobody gonna fucking know what's going on. Boom. (coughs) Correct me. Let me know if that's right. So yes, please. This is considered the most sadistic case ever witnessed in 35 years by an Indianapolis police officer. The deputy prosecutor, Leroy New, described the case as the most diabolical case to ever come before a court or jury. And the acts are degrading that you would not even commit on a dog. 
So I'm going to straight up say right now, we're going to get a, an SP, a shit pothole immediately, and a trigger warning. This does contain quite a bit of abuse and torture and just insanity. So heads up. If you're not into this, like, I get it. I myself had to edit this down because I was like, ooh, it was intense. It was intense. Not going to lie. So get I mean, ready. We are a murder podcast. This is a murder podcast. Again, here we are. You know, we're all here for some reason. So we are not a backdoor podcast. <laughs> we're not a backdoor podcast. But do you, boo-boo. Do you. You know what? I mean. Live you your live your life. You do you, boo. That's There's right. There's podcasts for that. 100%. And I appreciate that they're out there living their best life. Mm-hmm. But our best lives are with true crime. Yes, it's true. So we're going to get into this. Gertrude, which, what a fucking name, man. That's like an old school name. I think they call her Gertie. We can go with Gertie. Did, okay, we're going to go with Gertie. She was born Gertrude, or Gertie, Van Fossen. What the? That's oh, a, I love that. That's a great name, right? Mm-hmm. In 1929, she was the third of six. Again, a lot of babies. All at once. Mm, I don't care about that. I know. What's wrong with her mom? Little else is known about her childhood, except that she had a bad relationship with her mom. There it is. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. What did you win, Amanda? A t-shirt that says... <laughs> a t-shirt that says SP. There it is. And when her dad died, she tried to find a way out of being around her family, which is understandable. She didn't have a great relationship with her mom. I get it. So what do you do in 1929 whenever you have a bad relationship with your family? You get married. Exactly right. So she dropped out of school 16 in 1945 to marry 18-year-old John Banaszewski. And they had four children. Straight up, like, going in. Back to back to back to back? Hard to say. Um, There wasn't much information about that. Her, like history as a child and like this period was a little like fuzzy not many people know about it so this is what i could find out i wish they had the google back then i know right um and again i'm just gonna guess what their relationship was like her and john he was abusive yes you won again john had a bad temper and beat gertrude gertie so in 1955, after 10 years of this bullshit, she fired, filed for divorce, and she got custody of their children. Well, at least she's smart and filed for divorce. Yeah, she was like, I'm out. We're done I, with this. I have a feeling she's the cunt. I'll let you decide at the end. Well, you'll find out before the end. Oh, but. we're playing this game now? We're playing I, the game. I started this game. We don't fit. Here, Here we, we are. Yeah. <laughs> Continue on. So she, after this, she met and married Edward Guthrie within a year of her divorce, that didn't last long. They got divorced. She remarried John again. Why do women do that? I don't know. This is like the second or third time we've had stories where this has happened. I know. I I I I don't know if it's like one of those like I want to rekindle, I want to repair, I'm a better person. Like I don't get it either. Like is I'm not he judging. He's the better person. I don't know. I I don't fully understand it either. Like, why remarry a spouse that you divorced? Like, I'm thinking in my head, like, if that wasn't a sign enough, you know. I mean, hypothetically, is that something you would ever do? No. I have been divorced, and I'm like, nah. You I wouldn't would go never, back to that. Well, you would never try that again. No, 
And there's nothing against the person. It's just like, I just know that that's not who I am anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. like I've moved past it. Mm -hmm. So like, why would I go back to something that's not healthy? Right. But then again, they've changed. You've changed. It's been, it's possible. It is possible. So, you know, it's been like two years. (laughs) Girl. What? So anyway, she remarried John. Pod husband. I was kidding. I was kidding. Pod hubby. Of course. Um, she remarried John. They stayed together for seven more years. Okay. Had two more kids. Oh, Lord. And then they permanently divorced in 1963. So clearly her first instinct was correct. Yeah. But she pumped out two more kids. We're at six now. She had to get that child support. Okay. You know? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I mean, honestly, this is no judgment against people who get divorced and married or anything like that. Yeah, I was... It's just, it's... No, I'm not saying that's what you were no, doing. No, no, no. I'm see. People are gonna get upset that I said that. No, but it's also like it's just not knowing where we're at. You know, you and I. I'm speaking for us. Mm-hmm. Our opinions, obviously. We are in relationships that we're happy with, and we know that through a lot of therapy, we've realized a lot of things about ourselves, and like some of it is like. If we've broken up with a relationship in general, we're not going to go back to... When I'm done with you, I'm done. Right. That place. You know, and you know, and I say it in jest. Like, me saying, oh, would you want more child support money? Right, right, right. That's totally a... I'm... Don't at me. I'm making jokes. Right. Again, this is a true crime comedy podcast. We got to make light of this bullshit because, especially on this murder, it gets fucking real. So, I got to joke about something. Because I can't joke about the murder. That's just fucked up. Right. Exactly. So, here we are. Um, so, this is... Okay, so, 1963. She's now 37 years old. Okay. okay. She's got six kids. Okay. She moved in with Dennis Lee Wright. Oh, another man. That's a hell of a serial killer name. Yes. Am I wrong? Was, no. 100%. I was like, oh, <gasps> honey. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, he also abused her. Oh, I'm shocked. So, this is what we call a pattern. And hopefully, you are getting therapy for these kind of patterns and realizing, why am I choosing the same type of person over Uh, and over and over again? 1960 what? No, ma'am. That's exactly right. So, unfortunately, it was very stigmatized at the time. So, that's not happening for her. Remember, remember what we learned about Francine Hughes yeah. and abuse yep. in the 1960s? Very much like, well, here you go, honey. Here's some pills. And then your husband, like, calls your therapist to see what y'all talked about. Oh, no, no. They didn't go to therapy. And the police did nothing because they didn't see it happen. That's true, too. A couple episodes back, Francine Hughes. Check it out. Exactly. Hashtag burning bed. Hashtag burning bed. And that drink you that we posted on the Instagram, mm-hmm. the break, that was a freaking phenomenal drink. I mean, of course it has cinnamon. I mean, hello. And okay. it's flaming. <laughs> so let's get real. If I did not post a drink you could light on fire, I missed an opportunity. Thank you. I was like, what are we doing here? I mean, part of me was like, is this going a step too far? And then I'm like, if I don't do this, I've missed an opportunity. Exactly right. So... Good job. Thanks. Well done. So, Dennis, motherfuckingly right, being the piece of shit that he was, he left her. 
And she was financially destitute. So get this. So she didn't marry Dennis. But, and I should have said this before, they had another kid. She had another kid. So this is her seventh. And then he left her ass. He was like, I'm out. So she's financially destitute. So she just started doing like odd jobs to make ends meet. Um, her, uh, you know, alimony's coming in kind of from John, but not, or child support, I should say, not alimony, um, but not really. I mean, honestly, like, she's probably, even though he left her with no money, it's probably better off than being abused. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean. Of the two? Absolutely. But also you get seven children. Seven. Seven. I mean, that is not... An easy thing to do or manage no, or handle. It's not, but the alternative is worse. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I'm sure she had to In weigh this out. No, for sure. I mean, I'm sure it's something she also had to weigh out. Like, okay, this sucks, but but I kind of feel like we're gonna have another man come along real soon. Here we go. So her uh, eldest daughter, Paula, remember that name. 17 at the time, got pregnant with an older married man's child. Why does this, why do I not feel like this is surprising? There's definitely, um, seeing mom's, like, behavior, you kind of, you pattern the behavior of parents. You see and go, this is what a relationship is, so therefore... Here we are. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging her either way on this decision that she made. The married man, you should have motherfucking known better. But girl, you kind of should too. You know, like you hold respons- <clears throat> equal responsibility in this matter. You are 17. You're not technically an adult, but you know, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. I mean, right? I kind of feel like. If a married man is going to have an affair, then it's kind of like, if you know he's married, that's kind of like on you too. Exactly right. You need to, once you find out that they're married, man or woman, whatever, you need to go, "Mm mm-mm, no. Bye. Bye. Boy, bye. Okay, bye. You need to go, okay, bye. I'm out. Yeah, it's like fuck boy. He's a fuck boy. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that, fuckboy vibes. That's just my, that's, that's just my humble opinion. No, that's my opinion too. I mean, that? but it, I feel like in this case, it's like an equal, like we both fucked up here. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, so now there's another mouse to feed. Oh, End of, of the day. Here we are. Another mouse to feed. Okay. So during all this shit that's happening, obviously her mental health is deteriorating. Gertie stopped taking care of herself. Like, stop doing her, her hair, her makeup, all this shit. Stop eating. Um, she started calling herself Mrs. Wright, which was Dennis Lee Wright, her last man's name. So she could keep up, like, an appearance of being respectable, as in, like, she allegedly married Dennis. She didn't. But he's not even there anymore. No, but it was, like, kind of like, oh, I was Mrs. Wright, and oh, poor me. He he left our family, and now I have, like, seven kids, and then my daughter just had a child. Like, you know, it's like... You gotta think of like the 1960s. You want to keep up an appearance. Girl, of... everyone knew you were not a respectable lady. 
I mean, I'm not saying I don't think you're a respectable lady. I'm saying they didn't think you were. Right. At the time, it was like, ah, gross. Right. Like, you're right. living with a man in sin. It was like mm-hmm. a huge thing. Yeah. yeah, of course. So, she's trying to keep up these appearances, and she's starting to look like Skeletor. Perfectly honest. Like, if you see a photo of her, you will see one girl. She looks straight up like, she's like her like sunken eyes. It's like big bouffant hair. It's incredible. And then, like, you know, she's done her makeup, but it's just, like, cover- it's just awful. It's just bad. You can tell she's not taking care of herself. Um, so, two years later, in July of 1965, her daughter Paula met through friend Sylvia Marie Likens, who was 16, and her sister Jenny, 15. Um, and Jenny had polio. Okay. So, their Sylvia and Jenny, their mom, Betty was in jail for shoplifting. Oh, hey, it was me, y'all. Okay, so follow me here. Again, we're going to go through a lot of names, so if you need me to stop, okay, totally fine. And they essentially, she, well, here's what happened. So essentially she kidnapped her girls away from their father after what seems like an argument. So in other words, Betty left town with her two daughters, Sylvia and Jenny. Okay. This is what I'm picturing in my head. She's like, oh, shit, I need to, like, I just had a fight with my husband, whose name is Lester, by the way. <gasps> yes. <laughs> it's not a great name. Oh, but, we're again, we're in the 60s. It is what it is. There were a lot of Lesters like that. Yeah. And they were just perfectly respectable men. Yes. Um, so, anyway, they had a fight. So, she, now she's in a new place, a new city. And she needs, I'm assuming, I'm guessing she's either shoplifting food or shoplifting something that they need. She gets caught. She gets put in jail. Of course she did. Her daughters are still going to school, obviously. And they meet Paula. This is where I'm guessing, again, fuzziness here. Right. So um, Lester finally, like, caught up to them and found them in town. Mm -hmm. And um, he reconciled his wife, Betty, in prison and then, or in jail. I should say, it's not prison, it's jail. She gets let out. um, And then him, Lester, and Betty decide that they want to leave town and become carnies. Who doesn't want to be a carny? I kind of (laughs) don't. I mean, like, I think the on the road thing would be kind of fun. But, Mm -hmm. like, eh, you have to be around, like, people. Like, all the time. Like, the general population. All the time. And you know how awful that can be. Yeah. Especially being a server, you know. I mean. People can be just terrible. And then you're experiencing people at their worst. Imagine like a group of families coming in and then like, I want a cotton candy. I want to go ride this ride. And then there's people puking all the time off rides. There's just like people doing drugs out back. Probably you because you're a carny. Right? Like, like think I of mean, this you lifestyle. I have never dis- I've never wanted to be a carny, but I mean, I'm not going to judge a carny. And I'm remember, I'm a pretty fucking judgy bitch. That's true. I'm not judging carnies. I'm saying like it just doesn't seem like a... Doesn't seem fun to you. No. Like, run away join the circus doesn't seem like, oh, this will be a good idea. It, me, if I'm like, I'm going to run away, I'm going to find a fucking beach. I'm going to run to that beach. I'm going to sit my fucking happy ass on the beach. And I'm going to open up a little boogie board rental shop and I'll be like, boogie boards are there. They're $15. Thank you. Bye. Don't bother me. Right? And you're sitting your happy ass on a beach. Oh, you're going to work. I'm not going to work. I'm well, just going to run away. No, I mean, you got to like, you know, I got to buy food and shit. But besides that, nah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, for some reason, Betty and Lester decide Carney is the life they want. That's fine. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, but think. People don't expect much from Carney's, so you can tell people to fuck off and nobody cares. That is true. That would be a liberating. God. And then you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Like, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, that would be nice. And you get all the cotton candy you want. Mm. And snow cones. I do love both of those things. And I do like a hot dog. And a corn dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to come your way now on the Carney's. Oh, and I bet you get all the terror card readings you want. Oh, fuck. And honestly, the people, and this is not an indictment, but it's called the freak show because that's what they called it back then, are kind of badasses. I mean... They are. How else do you take something that you just were unfortunately born with and you go, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. You owe me $25 to look at it. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Meaning granted back then they were exploited. So that's different. Like if it's a choice, that's a different situation. But yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. A potential. Like an American horror story, like freak show, freak show situation, but like you choose it and it's not chosen for you. Right. Okay. 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 Interesting. But yeah, so this was at a time whenever that was like a thing. I'm not saying people don't join like the circus anymore, but it's pretty goddamn rare. I think they got rid of the circus. You're right. I don't think there's circuses anymore except for like Cirque du Soleil. And that's not the circus. No, not the ones we grew up with at least. No. But there's still carnivals like that pop up out of nowhere. Like who runs that shit? Is there somebody running this? Is there like a corporation behind these carnivals? Now they actually have some questions. I need answered. Because they literally pop up in the middle of a fucking, like, parking lot. So there was this weird-ass, um, during the pandemic, carnival that was over by the outlet mall. Like, on the back road by, like, the Bass Pro Shop. And it was red, and it was black, and it said it was, like, some paranormal carnival. I kind of wanted to go, but then I was like, I don't really want to pay. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's in the pan- middle of the pandemic. Like, it's a pandemic. I'm already in this place, bitch. Like, I'm already in the underground, in the under- other side of the world. Like, what are you talking about? Why would I do this during the middle of the pandemic? Like, the world isn't stressful enough. I'm going to go into a paranormal goddamn, like, tent with other people. No. No, I'm bowing out of that one. Maybe, hold on. Maybe nowadays. Maybe a little bit more now, but like back in the day, absolutely not. And by back in the day, I mean like last year. That's interesting. I think this might have been it. Like if I could see a picture. Yes, this was it. Shut the fuck up. What is it called? Paranormal Cirque? They're doing that fucking Cirque thing where they do like C-I-R-Q-U-E. Cirque. It's rated R. Oh. It's a rated R carnival. Okay. Not the best timing to do it during the middle of the pandemic, but I kind of want to see it. Okay, now I kind of want to see it. That guy's kind of (laughs) cute. Okay, interesting. 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 Let me see if it's going to come back for you. Okay, yeah, please. Anyway, point is... That was great podcast. I know, right? We're literally, like, (laughs) looking at a website. So, anyway... We're in 1965. Lester and Betty are like, we're going to go off to join the circus. It just so happens that your friends with um, your daughter, Gertie, Paula, 
your daughter Paula is friends with our daughters, Sylvia and Jenny, do you mind taking them on as boarders? <sighs> so hold on. Keep going. I think I've... Have you read this? Have, do you know this story? Keep going. I think I do. Okay. That's fine. That's fine if you do, but I've never heard this one before, and I was like, what Hold the... Hold on. Keep, go- keep going. Okay. So now some bells are ringing ring in my head. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and for those of you who don't know, like, Borders at the time was literally like having a renter um, in your home, and it was, like, totally normal back in, like, the early... 1900s and through obviously 1965 nowadays is a lot more rare to just have like some like random person boarding in your house it would be like renting out a room in your house like you go on social media all the time and you see um room for rent private entrance with a bathroom right and you would rent that to whomever so it wasn't wasn't uncommon it's a similar situation right but it's not as like for a lot of reasons obviously like it's not as common as it was back then. Right. There was literally like boarding houses where it was nothing but that. Well, um, you know, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Well, um, George's mom, when he goes back. Boarding house. Mm-hmm. Yup. I remember that. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's, it's the best Christmas movie. It's, y'all can add us. It's true. Yes. It's the truth. Well, there's a Christmas story and then there's It's a Wonderful Life. I still say When's a Wonderful Life is, good, is better. Personally. Probably, yes, but there's those two, and then there's everything. others. There's everything else. And I don't want to talk about right. them because <laughs> I don't care about them. That's funny. So, um, unfortunately for the Lycans, it turns out they did not do a great job in picking the person who would help their girls, as Gertrude had no stove, barely enough food for herself or her seven children, and not enough beds for all the kids. Shocking. Yeah. So here's where we go to. So at first it's all good. Girls are going to school together. They're going to social events and church. Um, And so the Likens agreed to pay them $20 a week for the boarding. And yes, I did do the math. That's $170.92 today. I love it when you do the math. It's in it and and Google search. So $170 a week essentially to go like, hey, take care of my kids. Are you seriously still on this paranormal website? What the flying fuck? Paranormal thong. You can get a thong on this website? What the shit is going on in this goddamn tent? Wait, is this one of those ones where they like touch you and shit? I hope not. Look, you can get a bird mask that's fucking creepy. I don't want a freaking pandemic bird mask. Let's leave like. Gas mask. Oh my god, this is fucking weird. I'm not going with you to this. Wait, who said I wanted to go? You were the one who wanted to go to this thing originally. And then I said I did want to go, and then you said you wanted to go. Well, it looks like it looks like it could be, you know, kind of fun. But if they're gonna touch you and shit, you gotta walk around people to touch you. Ooh, no. Then I saw all of the products they sell. Oh my god, they have like almost a gimp mask. What's happening? Okay, no, I'm out. I'm out now. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I was out at the thong. Honey. And everybody else is out at listening to this. Yeah, right? <laughs> Reeling it back. Anyway. Reeling her in. So one week, their check, their $20 check didn't arrive, right? So Of course not. Gertie 
gave Sylvia and Jenny a good old-fashioned spanking, the old-school way, pants at the ankles, bend over, bare bottom. Um, and again, Nights is 1960, motherfucking five, in July. This is not unheard of. This is what happened. Like, this is how I fuck I was spanked like that. And I, I grew up in the 80s, 90s. So, again, it happened. Um, then Sylvia and Jenny started collecting Coke bottles to get money for candy. So, I mean, they're teenagers. They're like... They should have been collecting Coke bottles to GTFO. Mm-hmm. And Gertie found out and accused them of stealing and then beat them. Of course she did. Then Gertie's kid said that Sylvia was eating too much at a church function and she forced fed her until she threw up and made her eat her own vomit. <gasps> so, okay, this is where it starts to get worse and worse and worse. So, again, SP coming up, happening, trigger warning. So, after these incidents, Gertie told the Lycan girls not to say anything to their parents whenever they came to check in, them, in on them, which they did. Betty and, and Lester actually were decent parents. They actually did come back after making the money that they did and, and checked in on their girls to make sure they were okay. Because from what I understand about those parents, they obviously didn't have the financial means to take care of their own girls and or like provide a place for them. And the business that they're in doesn't pay much. So they're thinking, okay, <clears throat> this is like a good alternative. We can come back and visit. And then the girls can go to like a, have a steady school, have friends, have food. This is what they're thinking, right? I really feel that the carnival life would have been better. I do too. And I'm sure they did too in retrospect. But again, these are like... These are people that are like hard up, not thinking twice about a woman with seven kids. I mean, shit, she's got seven kids of her own and they look fine and healthy. So it's like, why wouldn't she take care of two more? You see what I'm saying? Like all of these things are tracking and they're like, okay, it it was a different world. It was a different time. This is when people, you hear this thing all the time. We left our doors open. We didn't lock our doors. Truly. Yeah. Truly they did not. Yeah. So this is the world in which we're living, right? So, and this is not the first thought. Now this is the first thought that comes in your head. Like, no, you're not going to absolutely not talk. No, no, you are not. Right? Yep. So different time. So after these incidents of like little things here and there um, that the girls were allegedly doing, Gertie told the Lycan girls, like I said, not to say anything to her parents. Um, And she also got really good at hiding what was really going on. On to the parents. So, you know, the usual thing of like, look how clean this section of my house is and look at the food I'm feeding your children, right? Whenever the parents arrive. Right. So, look, they get, you're here. They get to eat today. Right. So the, what's thought is the main incident that triggers more abuse. Um, and again, I won't be getting fully into the actual abuse that happened. I did read it. You're more than welcome to read it. I don't recommend it. It's fucking disgusting. And I, I am with everybody who's like says, I don't know how someone could do this to somebody else ever. Um, started in August of 65, a month later. The girls have been in the house a month. And Gertrude overheard Sylvia say that she let a boy get to second base with her. Um, and Gertie started cussing her out, telling the whole house that she was pregnant. She let a boy touch her vagina and then kicked her repeatedly in her crotch. Um, Sylvia tried to sit, but Paula, Gertrude's daughter, said, you ain't fit to sit in chairs. Essentially because you're 
Yeah. Dirty, mm-hmm. you know. So, and the thing is, is like the kicking her in the crotch incident and another incident caused Sylvia to become incontinent. And this girl's 16 years old. So that's an extreme amount of abuse to have that happen, right? Yes. Um, and that happened, you know, obviously more than uh, Exactly. So, again, the abuse increased. Um, Gertie inc- encouraged her children to beat, tease, and sexually abuse Sylvia. Even their daughter's boyfriends and some other kids in the neighborhood got in the mix of abuse. Um, she was locked in the basement, and they charged other kids money to come see her in the basement like kind of like check out this person that we have living. It's it was horrific. So in, in again in August sixty five there were there were witnesses to this. The neighbors of Vermillions say uh, they saw Sylvia with a black eye. Um, Gertie's daughter Paula told the Vermillions wife, "Oh, I punched her, and then she threw a glass of hot water in front of the Vermillions, their neighbors, in Sylvia's face." And the Vermillions did not report it to the police. Again, similar thing happened two months later, and the Vermillions did not report it to the police. So what is wrong with the Vermillions? It is a different time, but I don't fucking know. Like, I get it was a different time, but come on now. I know it's all like, mind your business, that's just what, you know, they do. No, no, no. This is like, if someone says like, oh, I punched her in the face and gave her a black eye and then... In front of you throws water in her face? Like, get fucked, Paula. I'm calling the cops. I mean, I just don't understand. I I don't either. So, Jenny, Sylvia's sister, um, tried to get in touch to their oldest sister, um, Diana. So, she, Diana's already, like, out living. She's married and has kids. At first, Diana was like, you know, you're making up these stories. You just don't want to, like, do what this woman's telling you to do. Because, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable shit right. that's happening, right? It's understandable. Eventually, Diana was like, wait a minute. She did come to try to visit her sisters and was denied entry. So she was like, ah, uh, fuck you, Gertie. Contacted social services. Good job, Diana. And Gertrude told Jenny to lie that Sylvia ran away. Unless she also wanted to be put in the basement. After this, social services and everybody else did not come to help. Of course not, because that's what always happens. Yeah. So we're going from July to August, August to October. Same year. October 23rd of 65, Gertrude made a letter for Sylvia's parents that read, I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night. And they said that they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car, and they all got what they wanted. And when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. And they also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I'm going to pause. Yes, she was branded by them. And yes, that's what it read. Here's more of the letter. I have done just about everything that I could do just to make Gertie mad because Gertie, more money than she's got. I've tore up a new mattress and peed, P-E-A-E-D, on it. I've also cost Gertie doctor bills that she really can't pay. I made Gertie a nervous wreck 
and all her kids. So that was the letter that Gertie wrote that was allegedly from Sylvia that she was going to give to their parents. Strangely, she instructed Sylvia not to sign it. That doesn't make any fucking sense hmm? to me. Yeah, I don't... That's weird. She's just mentally ill. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. she is... Uh-huh, yes. Girl. Gertie then started forming a plan to have her kids leave Sylvia at the garbage dump to die. After more abuse over the next couple of days, on October 26th, Sylvia did die. Gertie told her kids to strip her naked and call the police. When they arrived, Gertie gave them the letter that she wrote, but Jenny, Sylvia's sister, was like to the cops, get me out of here and I will tell you everything. God bless you, Jenny. Jenny's like, fuck you. Because she knows she's going to be next. Yeah. And also, this poor girl has polio. So if you're thinking, like, why didn't Jenny help? Why didn't... Girl, she is, like, paralyzed with fear. Yeah. She's literally paralyzed with polio. Like, she can't do anything. She's, like, helpless in this situation. Mm-hmm. Powerless. So she, as soon as she sees help, she's like, I'll tell you absolutely everything you need to know. All Please of it. Please just help me because, Please. you know. We're done. So Paul, uh, Jenny's statement combined with the police discovery of Sylvia's body in the basement prompted officers to arrest Gertie. Paula Banizowski, Stephanie Banizowski, John Banizowski, Richard Hobbs, a neighborhood kid, and Coy Hubbard, Stephanie's boyfriend, for murder. I didn't mention their names before this because I just wanted you to hear the names and the depth of people who perpetrated this disgusting crime, right? I was just like, what the fuck? Other neighborhood um, were present at the time. Mike Monroe, Randy Lepper, Duke, and Sisko were arrested for injury to a person. So here's the aftermath. Lester and Betty Likens were devastated, obviously, by this crime. And Betty was, like, on the stand during this trial and just just could not keep it together. Could not keep it together. As a mother should be. Right. She was fucking beyond upset. They did divorce, and um, Betty remarried in 67, and both Lester and Betty are now deceased. Richard Hobbs, okay, was a neighborhood kid who did perpetrate quite a bit of this things against Sylvia. He served two years and died of cancer at 21 in 1972. I call that a karma cake. Yep. That's a big-ass karma cake. Eat it, bitch. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Coy Hubbard. So Coy is... Stephanie Gertie's daughter's boyfriend served two years as well and was tried later for another murder, but acquitted in 1982. He died in 2007. No shocker there that he tried to do some bullshit again. You know he did it. Just saying. He definitely did not help I, the case. I'm sorry, allegedly. He was acquitted. Well, true. But... Again, there's details in here I'm leaving out about what those boys did to Sylvia. You can read it on your own. John Banizowski, Gertie's son, served two years and was 12 when Sylvia died. He also perpetrated some terrible shit against her. He was an active participant in torture and allegedly the only one who showed remorse. He died of cancer 2005 at 52. Karma cake. 100%. Stephanie... Benizowski served no time, even though she participated at 15 years old. What? Charges were dropped, likely because she's turned state witness. Mm. That's why. Fine. Fine. Not happy about it, but fine. 
Paula Banizowski, the, the consigliere, the second in charge, served seven years and was 17 at the time of, Paula, of Sylvia's death. She hated Sylvia from the start, even though she like brought her into the house. So I don't get it's whatever. She changed her name to Paula Pace. Wasn't heard from again in 2012 when she was living in Iowa. She slipped off the grid again. And I could not find any even more information about where she was at as of October of 2015. So lock your doors, people. This bitch on the loose. <laughs> Don't at me. Watch out. Lastly, we come to Gertie, who really instigated all of this. So she was the ringleader. This mother was telling them, her children and neighborhood kids to abuse and eventually murder this poor girl. She served 20 years. Was found guilty of first-degree murder. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. There is intent there. This is not mental illness. This is willingness and participating in torture and abuse and murder. Period. I have no questions about this one. No. Mm-mm. Straight up cunt is Gertrude mm-hmm. and all those other motherfuckers who participated in Sylvia's death. Well, she was a model prisoner, and some people called her mom. So there's like this giant public outcry. Holy fuck. In 1985, and she was released. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. She's still alive? Nope. That bitch did. Here's what happened. She changed her name to Nadine Van Fossen. I don't get the Nadine. Like, I get the Van Fossen. Take back that. that would, yeah. It's badass. But Nadine, honey. Mm-mm, no. She died of lung cancer in 1990. Carbon cake. There it is. She took responsibility. Excuse me. She never took responsibility for her crimes, saying she couldn't remember her actions. Because she was at work. <laughs> Probably. Jeez. Oh, my God. Call back. Um, listen to episode 10, part one and two, and you find out how that comes in. Um... Jenny Likens, Sylvia's sister, being crippled with polio, was thought why she didn't suffer like Sylvia is because she had polio. For some reason, they had like a shred of decency for some reason. She died in 2004 at the age of 54. So all of this horrendousness is going to go up in, in a good way in a minute here because there's a Sylvia Child Advocacy Center founded in 2010. Oh, wow. So this is something I thought was incredible. It, um, it founded in Indiana. It was established to, and I'm quoting the website, reduce trauma of child victim abuse by allowing them to tell their story in a safe, comfortable, and child-focused environment with a trained forensic interviewer who will ask age-appropriate and non-leading questions. So, all this to say, Indiana's worst case ever did get put into a positive spin in that they they opened up this advocacy center. Yes, there will be a link on the website, but I thought that was an incredible kind of turnaround, like, we need to have resources available. Yes. So, that is the unfortunate story of the torture mother, Miss Gertrude Banasewski. You didn't have one con? You had, like, ten there was like ten fucking cunts in that story. You like, easily. You like. It's like you saw Amanda Lewis and you said, <laughs> "I see Amanda Lewis and I raise you a Gertrude, whatever her name is." <laughs> exactly. Well, episode twelve. 
You just watch out. <laughs> oh, this is technically 11, right? Yeah, because 10 is a two-parter. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, okay. This is 11, so yeah. episode 12. Oh, I next, see. I see what you're saying. My oh, next episode, uh, I'm going to see your Gertrude Banazewski. And you're going to raise it even more? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you watch out. Mm-hmm. So. Take us up a notch, please. Girl. You ready for this? I don't know. I'm going to tell you about... Cynthia and Stephanie Lopper. Shut the fuck up. Cindy Lopper? Hell yes. So she was born on June 22nd, 1953. Mm. Is that Kansas? Is she a Kansas? Keep talking, I'll look it up. In Astoria, New York. Okay. Her earliest childhood days were spent in Brooklyn. Um, but when she was about four, the family moved to Ozone Park. Queens, and they lived in a railroad-style apartment throughout her teenage years. And um, growing up, Cindy felt like an outcast. Um, Her parents divorced when she was five. She did have two siblings, and they were raised by her mother, who um, worked as a waitress to support the family. God bless. God bless. And yes, she is a cancer. So, cancer... You know, in my head, she's like one of those cute diner waitresses in the yeah. blue dress with the white collar. With the little hat. Yeah. yeah. In my head, that's what her mom looked like. Okay, that, we're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy, and that's all that matters right now. Exactly. Um, her mom also loved the arts and frequently took her kids into Manhattan to see Shakespeare plays and visit art museums. Um, Love that. Cindy didn't particularly do well in school, and it is said, alleged, she was kicked out of several parochial schools in her youth. Um, And despite, you know, kind of hard times, she discovered her love of singing and music at an early age, probably because her mom, like, took, you know, had the love of arts and took her kids and exposed them to all that, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. And so she was writing her own songs by the age of 12. What? Damn, girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. I know. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually she got her high school um, equivalency degree. Mm-hmm. And um, she just she worked a number of odd jobs before her music career took off. And then she actually, her first taste of success was actually with a band, Blue Angel. Oh, wow. When they landed a record deal. Um, They only made one record together before they split up, and she ended up going solo. Okay. Um, Her first album was She's So Unusual. And, you know, she had her eclectic clothes and her crazy Mm -hmm. hair Mm -hmm. and her pop melodies and she just kind of took off um so that album first album in 1983 sold over 6 million copies in the U.S. alone and 16 million worldwide seriously Yes. Dude, okay, so real quick, I looked up Blue Angel, the band that Uh she was in. It was a rockabilly band. Rockabilly, dude. That's not going to surprise me. I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. 
Um, so her first hit was Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Yeah, I mean, if you don't know that song, girl, educate yourself. First of all, if you haven't also seen the movie Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. Oh, I have. Helen Hunt. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. Yep. Oh, Who else is in that movie? Keep talking. I'll look it up. Um, she won the 1984 Grammy Award for Best New Artist. And then, ready? I'm going to bring this shit full circle. In oh 1985, God. she released The Goonies Are Good Enough for the soundtrack to the film The Goonies. There it is. I knew it. I knew it. Bring I knew it. Around. We're going back to The Goonies. I'm, I'm gonna, are we going to fight? Are no. you gonna be mad at me? Because no. I don't. I think they should have kept some of the sweet, sweet gold. I I told you they did. Remember? But they kept it for the town. No, but then remember, I said, you know what, Jesse? They each got their own ruby. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Jesus. <laughs> so in 1986, she had her follow-up album, True Colors. Yes, it's a. Oh God, that song. And it sold nearly. Two million copies in the U.S. and seven million copies worldwide. Um, she then began exploring new, you know, creative avenues. Um, she made her film debut. Um, then she released her third album, which kind of had weak sales compared to all of her others. Um, then in 93, she had released another album that was not a commercial, considered a commercial success. Um, in 91, she did get married to actor David Thornton and they had a son named Declan. Kind of like the name Declan. That's a, it's a good name. They spelled it D-E-C-L-Y-N, I think. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. Um... Even though, let's see, even though um, her 93 album wasn't a commercial success, it was um, widely praised because it took on different topics such as domestic abuse and homophobia. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hell yeah, girl. Get in it. I like that. I like that she was definitely ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. I mean, her fucking hair alone was ahead of its time. I love her. I know. I know. Me too. You know, and then she had another album in 95. And then um, 97. And then 98. She had a Christmas album. And then she didn't release any new music until 2003. And then she had a 2008, she had a dance tracks album, including a Grammy nominated song. But then 2010, she has an album, Memphis Blues, featuring her take on several classic blues songs. Ah, okay. Becoming Billboard's best selling blues album that year. Like, that's why I was like, that doesn't shock me. Wait for it. I'll tell you why. That's interesting. I didn't know she had a blues album. Yeah. 
No, that's, that's cool because like doing a totally different, going from pop to blues. You know who else did that is um, Dolly, the president of the United States. Yes. Yeah, Dolly went from, well, you know, country to recently uh, blue uh, bluegrass, I should say. Not blues, bluegrass. But still, like, genre change, which I think is really interesting. Dude, that's so cool. I didn't know that. And, um... Tell me more. I am. <laughs> right now. 2012, she wrote an autobiography. And then, ready for this? She took her talents to Broadway. Writing the music and lyrics for... Oh, my God. Kinky Boots. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. I love Kinky Boots, yo. A fucking amazing show. She wrote that? I just said it. What? That makes total sense, though. Now looking back at it. Holy shit. Which won six Tony Awards. Yeah, it did. Okay. She's on her way to an EGOT. So she has a Tony and a Grammy. Does she have an Oscar and an Emmy doing that? No. Mm. No. Mm. Um, she is the first solo female who's won in the best musical category. <clears throat> Probably in the Tony since we're talking about that. In 2013, she celebrated the 30th anniversary of She's So Unusual with a tour. And I'm pissed I missed that in 2013. Yeah. Um, in 2016, she released a country album featuring duets with Willie Nelson, Emmylou Harris, Vince Gill, Jewel, and Alison Krauss. Dude, she is straight up genre hopping, and I am here for it. I fucking love that. And ready for this? If you missed this, I'm sad for you because I didn't miss it. She was also popcorn on The Masked Singer. Okay, I don't watch that show, but I know what you're talking about. Really? Dude. She was popcorn on The Masked Singer. Dude, that's incredible. Okay. So, now I'm going to get to why she is truly amazing, but fun fact. My favorite song of all time is actually a Sunday Lover song. What is it? Is it the Goonies song? No. Is it Girls Just Want to Have Fun? No. Okay, what is it? Time After Time. <gasps> time After Time. I forgot. Oh my God, that is her. That is such a good song. Favorite song. That's a good ass song, dude. Who's the guy on the album with her? Wait, no. I'm thinking about the remake. No. We don't do remakes of Time After. Yeah, because there is a remake with a guy. With, yes. a, with a duet. Right? Am I, am I just are, like having like a Mandela effect right now or is that real? There are a lot of remakes of Time After Time. Because it's a fucking classic song and it cannot be touched and the OJ is the best one. Y'all need to stop it. No, I will say I have heard some remakes that I do enjoy. But, but you will never be the original. It's not the same. You, mm -hmm. it's some things you just can't remake. It's magic. It's, mm -hmm. it's ma what is it, a flash in a pan or like magic in a bottle, lightning in a bottle? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So, here's why she is fucking awesome. Like, all those things are awesome, right? All those things are awesome. Phenomenal. Ready, ready, ready for this. Cindy Lauper created the True Colors Tour. It's an annual music tour, and the tour benefits... 
The Human Rights Campaign and other organizations that provide support to the LGBT community. Yes. And the straight friends and family who love them, including PFLAG and the Matthew Shepard Foundation, as well as local organizations in the cities where the concerts are held. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wait, Fucking yes. Oh, I'm not done. Oh. Her True Colors... T- her True Colors Fund is a major contributor to the LG, LGBT shelter in New York City called True Colors Residence. Nice. Her nonprofit, called the True Colors United, implements innovative solutions to youth homelessness that focuses on the unique experiences LGBTQ young people in the United States. 4.2 million youth experience homelessness each year with lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning youth 120% more likely to experience homelessness than their non-LGBTQ peers. Wow. That's a fucking number we need to get down, y'all. That's, not, that's insane. Not only that, she has also supported these following charities. AIDS Life, American Foundation for AIDS Research, Broadway Cares, Equality Fights AIDS, God's Love Way We Deliver, Habitat for Humanity, Human Rights Campaign, Los Angeles LGBT Center, Mac AIDS Fund, North Shore Animal League America, Playing for a Change Foundation, Rosie's Theater Kids, Tibet House, True Colors Fund, True Colors Resonance, World Vision. Dude. And that's why she's fucking amazing. Hell yes, man. That's amazing. I had no idea. Like, I, I knew, like, surface level stuff about Cindy, but holy shit. That's, she's a badass. That's why she is amazing. She has a whole nonprofit to help the homeless LGBTQ um, youth. Youth. Yeah. She has a whole tour to help the LGBT community as well as other nonprofits to help that community. And then she helps organizations that are local to the cities where the con- the concerts are being held on top of her own nonprofit. Right. Like she could do this to her and just help her own nonprofit, but she didn't do that. Right. She's even going further and going like, let's support everybody we can. Let's make sure everybody is having access to these funds that we're raising for the awareness and like to help everybody. That's amazing. And hell yes, let's fucking support everybody. Like, yes, 100%. We're going to have links to all this on our website, by the way. So please support, donate, check it out, find ways to volunteer if you're in the area. Like, that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have – I mean, there are so many nonprofits involved this week. I mean, I always do support Saturdays on our socials. Um, I'm going to have to, like, handpick ones. I may do – since we have so many this time, I may do 
some on Twitter and separate ones for Instagram so I can cover all of them. Yeah, so follow us on both. So if you're interested um, in any of this, you can take a look and find out like the links that we're going to be providing through the social media websites that we're on. We're basically on everything. Yeah, it's uh, our Twitter is at C Podcast. Yeah, I think it's at C. Um, oh, we're terrible. Oh my God, this is like such a, it's, I feel like it's a test. I'm like, it's, a, it's this and then, and then I'm getting all nervous. My hands are sweating. Our Twitter's at is at C E E underscore podcast. Yep. Our Instagram is C U next Tuesday podcast. And that's C E E, the letter U, next Tuesday podcast. Yep. And we are also on TikTok. Same thing. See you next Tuesday podcast. So check us out there too. I mean, and obviously we're streaming on every fucking platform that we could possibly find. If you can't find us, let us know. Uh, yeah. Um, and C is always C-E-E. Yeah. Um, and I always, when I do the support Saturday posts, I always post the link to donate. Mm-hmm. So if one of these nonprofits interests you, definitely support and donate. And I always post the link. Yeah, exactly. And again, this also can be found on our website as well. So if you're like, I'm not on social media, good for you. There is a website. Again, see you next Tuesday podcast dot com, that Wix site. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot. And take me to your non-social media life, please. I want to go there. I know. I mean, I do. But there's so many interesting things in the world that we have access to now with social. How much time? Just TikTok suck out of your life. Okay, that's valid. That's a good point. <laughs> Too much because I'm following Sing Street. And like I said, 90 Degrees just got on TikTok, y'all. I don't know if that's like important to you because it's really important well, to me. Well, I love Greg and I love his trip to Vegas. Gregisms is a phenomenal TikTok. We're absolutely going to promote him because he's great. I'm going to um, add him when I we post this. Okay. Shout out. Shout out, Greg, because <laughs> we just shouted you out, so you have to know. Yes. And also, I do want to say one thing since we're kind of kind of looping back around to pop culture. Yes, we are definitely following Britney and her and Britney Spears, if you're not aware of what Britney we're talking about. The shit that just happened this past couple of weeks about, like, everybody quitting and then her ability to now be able to hire her own lawyer. Mm, Fingers crossed. I'm holding out hope. Let's and, go. Let's go. And, and Britney. If you're listening to this, Brittany, tweet at us. Say platinum, gold, elite, and that means you need us to come save you. Girl, we'll be there in a minute. Mm-hmm. I'll fucking we'll drive our fucking asses to your house. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And you'll jump in. Uh huh. We have extra bedrooms. Exactly. We got you. Mm-hmm. Platinum Gold Elite, tweet us. <laughs> we'll know. We'll know what that means. It's our secret code. <laughs> we brought it back around. See that? Mm-hmm. I like that. It's a good yeah. ending. Thanks, y'all, again, so much for listening to us. Seriously, this is fucking amazing for us. You have no idea. This looks so much fun. I know. I look forward to it. Every time. And I see your Gertrude, and I'm going to raise you one badass God, now I'm, like, all stoked for next time. Um, thanks again. Um, and as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.